Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour, OutKick 360 underway across the OutKick network from 6th and Peabody with you up here and old smoky moonshine. Glad you're with us. Um, coming up, we get into name, image, likeness, and uh, much more with a column that uh, Withrow's got now at OutKick.com. But first, Hutton, we've got a surprise for you. Yeah. Courtesy of our Never. friends at 6th and Peabody. Thank you. Look at this. Yes. Birthday balloons for Jonathan Hutton. The, uh, oh, the, beautiful. The birthday has been awesome. No uh, cake? Even, no cake? Even better with uh, Preston and crew uh, with Yeehaw and Old Smokey um, dressed up. Preston, um, the, the largest friend that I know uh, as far as like just giant man everything yeah everything, everything <laughs> as far as it. everything uh, tie those so can we at cake? least get some moonshine in here if we don't have cake I mean come on we are uh, so they have birthday cake moonshine this I'm sure great. it's in that rotation. hey this yeah. actually reminds me of a story Hutton uh, a headline story today I see these balloons with helium in them yeah. there is a helium shortage across the world of course and it has caused along with everything else this cost them like fifty dollars it has caused the university of nebraska to do away with the tradition of giving a balloon to every person to release on the first points of the game (laughs) this season they had to announce just that they're not going to have red balloons for everyone where they the tradition is they score and everyone releases the balloon at once on the first points of the game that's good for the birds yeah they 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 spare no that's uh, not going to work i try they're they're worried about uh, zero cost here with the helium shortage uh, here hold on spare no expense yeah chad hold the balloon just stand there holding the balloon shorts i'll just do (laughs) it i'll hold it over hutton's head (laughs) oh that's great the entire time (laughs) just get a picture of that that's yeah i could do the show new job until five o'clock central by just holding it like this right here yeah the entire time. Will your arm get sore or is it lifting your arm? You I mean, I think uh, the next seg- the, uh, the long segment's going to get a little tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That 20-minute segment coming up here that we have in the middle of the hour every day, every hour on the show, could get a little bit arduous. Or but Jacob outside of that, be okay. when we need him. We could just oh, have, it'd be a perfect job for Jacob. Uh, Jacob, yeah. I can sit on it. The, uh, the eye rolls, uh, no doubt, from, from Jacob with the helium. Um, you know, at the end but of the see, now it looks like it's my birthday, so that's the problem. <laughs> Here, Hutton, just lean back on it. Thank you. Yes, uh, I will. Stolen valor. You're yes, good. yes, that's right. Uh, uh, thank you uh, to everyone here who's made it really cool uh, on, uh, on the birthday. Um, it was always a cool birthday for elementary school because this right was – at the end of school. The, yeah, this was all, generally the final week of school where – we did nothing. Simon's and, and, in that right now. And, and, and full disclosure, we did nothing after TCAT testing. Like, it's pretty much how it is now. Nothing. Like, but TCAT testing was like at the middle of first or second week of April. And we got it like. Good month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> the six week report card, like the best grades we, every year were the final, Even the the, final six weeks. Simon and his guys have been uh, screwing around the last couple of days. They, I, they asked me, he asked me, called me yesterday and asked me to come sit at the pool. It was cold and cloudy, and they were in the pool. I ordered a couple pizzas to the pool. They drank lemonade, ate pizza, swam, 
and then came up with how they were going to dress crazy today for the last full day of school. They I mean, were, they're living the life already. They uh, Amazing, by the way. I love the, like, the degenerate in your school. Even got straight A's, that, that final <laughs> report card. You know, the kid that was getting held back uh, yeah. was getting straight A's. Um, Evie's school, they had field day. Then they've got like outside day, play day coming up, and they're just inventing <laughs> stuff <laughs> left and right. Day. But no, it's not field day. It's Lawn like day. now you get to go out. Like field day, when I grew up, you know, you had the sack race, you had capture, like capture a sprint, the flag, but you had like actual events, right? That was your throw. field day too, right? Yes. The uh, watermelon seed spit. We had like a bean spitting contest <laughs> at Glayville. Uh, we had the dip spit. Contest. We had all this. We had all this stuff going on. Evie's school, they have inflatables. They play dodgeball, but it's like a Kona ice truck, inflatables, and I'm thinking, where's the That's competition? Yeah, where, this is not field day. This is outside oh. play day. This is not field day. Field day has elements Huge of competition. competition. And it we had to happen. capture the flag. The entire school was in it. Capture the flag. We, uh, I'm trying to think of what else we, we had going um, on, the, on the field day. There, there was always the softball game. So the, the, the different communities where I grew up, we would every – K through eight school had a softball team, and that was a part of field day. Oh wow! As you would play another elementary school, and the entire school came out to watch you. And then there was field day right after that. That's cool. That's very cool. So it was a lot of I would have I would have a lot of impressing going on, and then you just, you just didn't want to strike out. Yeah, the, that that the long held tradition of American schools shutting down for the final month of the year that continues to this day. I I can't can confirm. They, in fact, still Although, do that. Didn't there, happen in the East. There's nothing, there's nothing like the energy of being in, like, sixth or seventh grade and knowing you're going to school to do nothing. Yes, and like there, the there anticipation full, of it almost being over. There is a full rush um, of just going to school knowing that you don't have to worry about a thing. And also, I'm about to start staying up late, sleeping yeah. in, finding boys to ride around the neighborhood with. Back to the pool, all of that, the beginning it of was, summer. It was a fun time. I remember uh, my senior year of high school, I was like a lot of people, where you almost got all of your qualifications done oh, the first second semester. semester. senior year. So I had like two classes the second semester, and I remember getting, showing up with nothing to do for the final month, but being sad, thinking, it's these are the over. last times I'm going to show up to something with nothing to do. <laughs> right? Like Because every year, that last month or two weeks of school or whatever, elementary school, middle school, high school – you have more of that to look forward to. You have summer to look forward to, but then it's another school year and another month of May where you're not doing bleep, and then you get to get ready for summer. And I'm thinking, man, this is, this is really it. This is really the last time I'm going to show up to something of structure and have nothing to do, no responsibilities. And that was pretty much it for me. Every structured thing from then on has responsibilities attached. And this is the realization. We, I had a conversation. Real, Damn adulthood. I had a conversation recently about, man, school I feel like is going on longer now, but it's really not now that I realized that I was always in school on May 24th. So I don't know yeah. why I thought that. Yeah, that has, it been letting out, has it been letting out earlier recently, Paul? If it's letting out any earlier, then they're back earlier. Been, no? Then they're back I, earlier. I feel like I, right I remember the date of my high school graduation was May 25th. It was either May 25th or May 27th. So, and we were well, out of school like four days before that. So well, it was right around this time. The high schools now are having graduation, and then they have another week of class. I, I still stupid. don't understand about the South. That's going on at Rutherford County. When school ends and begins. Look, summer, let me, let me tell you all. Yeah, it was Labor summer Day. Summer is very neatly framed by Memorial Day and Labor Day. 
which in the Northeast is when school ends yeah. and when school begins. Those two holidays, three-day weekends, and then you start and you finish. I don't know why here it's earlier and then uh, uh, school starts very early. I think, like, yeah, August. Part of it, though, it's is the third, second think, week off. I think the main issue here versus up north is it takes a lot to get out of school for ice and snow. And so they build in these days to get their full calendar, calendar. in. They have snow yeah, days built in for, um, for the state requirements. So they can extend all the way to Memorial Day. But again, day. then I go back to, the, like, why not have the TCAP testing a little bit later if yes. uh, you're worried about not doing anything for six weeks? Just let us out. Although, like as a kid, I would rather be there. Yeah, I think days. the TCAP testing is too early. I, I would like to structure it where, whatever um, it you know, I, I like a results-driven industry. I'd yes. like for them to structure it where when you're done with your work, you're done. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like if a class is so diligent and so good, if you cover everything and test out of it, school can end in February for all we care. We're not going to send you there. If you require, if you get through third grade, and you're done with third grade, you've read all the books, you've done all the math problems, you've done all the science projects, and you can do it and structure it and show up and work in school each day, Chad, and you can be done earlier, get out. Where's the kid going? That, yeah, that's a good question. No parent signing up for that. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that, that then, sounds great, Chad, with the then, two, yeah, two then working be, parents. Well, Now then, sign uh, me up for I that. School. To this, let is, him test out. this is also, oh, God. This is also where I'm for kids working starting at 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. So if they can get through high school by 13, get the hell out. Go kill, you know, go go get kill a job, the field. Right? There, there's places everywhere that, that needs work. They're probably looking for workers they, right here. They're paying 14, right 50. Now. They are, they're And if I can get my 13-year-old here bringing crates in or whatever needs to be done, They're paying 1450 at the Dunkin' Donuts near me. Yeah. By the way, there's a, uh, a, I think that's the, there's a kid that works McDonald's at the Dunkin' Donuts near me. Are they? Yeah, I'd rather work at Dunkin' Donuts. It's going, it's going up and up. There's a kid at the Dunkin' Donuts near me that I swear is like the CEO of the entire company. And he's 12. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a Pointing more diligent around. worker. He is so organized. And when you go in there, yes, sir, I can have that out for you right away. Is there anything else you would like? I mean, he's training people on the on the computer. God he's doing him. everything there. He's making the donuts. Like, I we wanna, need to clone that kid I because hire kid I go to a lot of stores that need that kid. He'll yeah. be on Shark Tank. He may be 22, <laughs> just a slow developer also. I'm not oh, sure. Wow. But he goes from praising yeah, him to yeah. mocking and mocking him. <laughs> no, I'm saying he looks like he's 12. No. It sounds like he's 12. I feel like you insulted the handicapable. <laughs> he could be like uh, our guy. Hang on, I don't want to give him too much credit. <laughs> yeah. Who's the Russian guy that we love so much? The uh, little guy? Yeah, the little guy. Come on, you know this oh, guy. Oh, Hasbulla. Hasbulla. Yeah, maybe he's like yeah. Hasbulla. That's what Except, I'm thinking. English-speaking Hasbulla. Yes. Who's the one Russian I like? Yeah, it's Hasbulla. <laughs> um, yeah. You know the Russian we like? The yeah. one? Yeah. It's oh. Hasbulla and Ivan Drago. That's it for us in Russia. And then we're done. Hasbulla, yeah. who looks like he's four, but it's actually he's 19. He yeah, laughs this kid like looks older than four, but not much older than 12. Yeah. Um, I want to meet this kid. Tyreek Hill. And I like donuts. Tyreek Hill. Um, now I'm getting all these texts. You have balloons. <laughs> and uh, now I'm just waiting on the screenshot of Chad holding the balloon. Oh, next that's going to be a great screenshot. Um, you look like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm employed as Hutton's umbrella holder. <laughs> it's raining outside right now, which is gonna, may put my game in jeopardy, by we the need way, because somebody, the storm cell is moving north and east. We need someone to take that picture and then put Winnie the Pooh's face over Chad. Did, uh, uh, so here at um, – oh, oh, Adam's got you. Uh, Adam, here at 6th and Peabody, I know there's normally one person. That there's uh, our bartender, 
uh, at the Moonshine area, and, and forgive me, I can't uh, pull her name right now. She wor- she used to work at Party City, and she always does the balloons here. Did she do the balloons today? Do we know? Should I be thanking her for yeah, the Yeah, who uh, did the balloon? For the helium? Uh, Kate. Okay. I also don't want to, based on Chad's uh, uh, comment, I had no idea there was a helium shortage. They have no helium here at 6th and Peabody. Yeah, don't come and try to rob this place of shortage? helium. Because Russia, Russia. Pr- is the biggest producer in the world of helium. I want to know how you produce the helium. Uh, I, I obviously have, have no science Well, it's a, it's a gas, and yeah. it's produced in Russia for yeah. the most part. So that, apparently that's, that's I mean, there's a huge opportunity from. for an American entrepreneur to, that, to that Dunkin pump Donuts up the helium. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> this could be his next pump venture. Hel- you said He's it would be on Shark Tank. Helium, company, helium right? is us. Guys, one word for you. <laughs> helium. <laughs> Do you like balloons? Except his voice can be way higher. Guys, I got one word for you. Helium. Well, he's and no, I didn't in suck on it before I got here. I just sound like I'm 12. I'm actually 30. He's addicted to helium. Here's Hezbollah with the rest of my sales pitch. Yes. Oh, uh, meanwhile, everyone here, if we did that, would think we're on whippets. Uh, so <laughs> we don't want that uh, assumption either. Uh, either. Uh, thanks to, uh, uh, to the guys and gals here at uh, Six of Peabody. Very cool. Hey, for my birthday, cake, please. Yeah, cake or uh, uh, you want the. We'll be at the Super Bowl. What's the drink you like the, in the the blackberry lemonade? Blackberry lemonade. Yeah, there you go. Good. You'll get nothing and you'll like it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that was the case last year. Yeah. Uh, or we, this year. Or we could just do a random Friday. You know, it, could, it doesn't have to be a birthday. Just yeah. a random Friday. We'll take the blackberry uh, lemonade with cake. Um, Tyreek Hill had the quote, and he's getting crushed. Thank, uh, thank you, guys. Tyreek Hill, <laughs> and it's it, it's not a it, it's not a lie. Dismiss them. <laughs> That way he, he waved. He waved at us because he was leaving. Um, it's not a lie, but, like, people on social media are, are crushing Tyreek Hill, who's at voluntary OTAs with Miami, and says, Tua Tagovailoa uh, um, throws uh, a great ball and then says he's a very accurate quarterback. And, of course, this is on the heels of these videos that went viral, which there was a great response that came up in, in regards to this of Patrick Mahomes underthrowing Tyreek Hill, who caught touchdown passes on underthrown passes from Patrick Mahomes. Well, that'd be perfect. So it him. was a great response video wise to those ripping Tua. I'm not trying to take up for Tua here. He, he's not Patrick Mahomes. But Tyreek Hill is getting uh, all the responses are, oh, of course you've got to say that. He's prob- he probably promised the Dolphins he would say this publicly that. Tua is, is a very good quarterback, and I believe in him. And I'm thinking, he is a very accurate quarterback. It's just, you know, a very short to yeah. intermediate routes. Doesn't throw particularly long. Uh, look, we, we said this when the trade happened. That Tyreek Hill is going to do uh, still catch long passes, but a lot of them are going to be catch more, a lot more than we're going to be catching runs. He did yeah. a lot of catch and runs for Kansas City, yeah. but Mahomes also could certainly oh, fire one up, dial no one doubt. up, letting him rip. He's going to catch far fewer of those passes in Miami. Fact yeah. of the matter. And two is going to take his shots. Uh, and uh, is, does he get better at that or not? I mean, it's not his game. No. But they're going to dial it up once in a while. They have to, to well, keep people honest. The way their offense is kind of set up is on the speed elements. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's more yards after catch than it is. And we don't know what their yeah. offense but you still is going to look like it now with a new a coach. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you would think it's going to be similar to what they San were doing Francisco. in San Francisco. Yeah. So uh, Josh Donaldson suspended for a game uh, for comments made over the weekend. Um, and – he is appealing this, at least I saw the headline this morning, he's appealing. Aaron Judge has talked on this and said, look, he, 
he's owned up to it. It's, he shouldn't have said anything um, uh, in any context whatsoever uh, about uh, Jackie. But um, I don't know. It, 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 wouldn't you just take your one-game suspension and – that's I don't it? know. Well, I, I mean, I think Why him taking there? his one-game suspension is an admission of guilt, and I think he's saying, look, I, it wasn't the prudent thing to say, but I didn't mean it the way that, uh, that he thinks I meant it, and if I take the one-game suspension without fighting it, I'm conceding guilt in, in, in a way, and I, I don't feel guilty. I saw Michael Wilbon yesterday on PTI suggested, how about you do something different here? How about you get the two guys in a room with the commissioner, God forbid, or whoever, Joe Torrey or somebody from the league office, have them talk it out, uh, you know, and get that kind of resolution. Now, that, you know, I immediately thought, well, how do you do the logistics of that with two guys who are playing at the same time? But th- that, to me, seems like something reasonable here. I don't know what Donaldson meant and, and if there was something bad in his heart about it or not, but I don't know how you judge that and determine it. Well, I mean, right. it, look. It's a it, stupid it's, thing to say. We know that. The reality of it is it's, it's however Tim Anderson wanted to handle it. If Tim Anderson takes it as racist, it's racist. Yeah. I well, mean, there's no, there's no other way around it. Whether I don't think Josh Donaldson's a racist. You know, I don't think he was intending it to be a racial comment. He was giving the guy hell because he said he sees himself as the modern-day Jackie Robinson in a 2019 interview. Right, and he thinks that's what And that they have a history. So and here's that has been a joke with him in the past, according to Donaldson. According to Donaldson, he's used it before. But this has been building up since 2019 where they've had some back and forth in games. So it's poor judgment on Donaldson's part because if it's someone, even if you have a friendly rivalry with an opponent and you know you can give each other hell and there can be back and forth, you can get away with it. But if Tim Anderson legitimately hates you and you get, you know, you're over there, he's at third and you're calling him Jackie and he he wants to take it or sees it as racist, it's racist. So he's not going to win. I mean, I just take your one-game suspension – and move on. And again, I'm not accusing Josh Donaldson of racism, but what I'm saying is you don't like each other, clearly. He took it as a racial thing. Then it's going to be deemed racist. Josh Donaldson cannot win in this. No. Regardless of who's right or who's wrong. And again, I, 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 everything I've heard about both of these guys and what Donaldson's explanation was, I don't think he intended it to be racist. But if you take a joke too far and you say something that could be taken that way to the wrong person, they are going to take it a certain way, and if they report on you or say that, it's racist. You lose. But what's it hurt for him to appeal it? He's on the COVID list anyway. He fights it. It probably uh, gets upheld, and he says, he says, well, I, I fought it at least. Josh Donald's the type of guy who's going to fight something on principle too. Yeah. Given his career and his, how outspoken he is about things, he's not just going to take this and accept it. Uh, yeah, he's going to fight it. That, that seems to be the type of guy that he is. He's going to fight it. That's probably fruitless, but it doesn't hurt anything to, right. to appeal it. No, I mean, nobody's ever hurt anything by appealing uh, a suspension in sports. Yeah. But again, no, that, that's, I, this, that's to me, this story, this story was bad for Josh Donaldson the moment Tim Anderson after the game said it was a racist comment. Yeah. It, end of story. There's nothing that Josh Donaldson could say at that point. Because he took it that way, and then we, you know, you take the suspension and move on. There's really not much else that needs to be said. And again, I'm, I'm the first to say, there's a lot of other people, not white people, that have commented on this that know Josh Donald said, I fully don't think that, he, that he's a racist. Don't believe it. Don't think he meant it to be a racist comment. But clearly it's something that set off Tim Anderson and was not the smartest thing to say to him. 
if teasing him. So that's where we have it. Coming up, we get into name image likeness with a twist. Uh, Chad Withrow with the column right now at outkick.com where, Chad, you're taking a look at, in your opinion, five programs that can, if they went all in, if they embraced name image likeness to the highest extent possible, which we should say is embrace it to the point where uh, money is no object here. Like, that's how I'm viewing this. I look at this like Texas A&M, high upper echelon uh, L.A. markets or uh, Alabama, SEC, title contenders. The non-title contenders with the option of investing to this level. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about five programs that could be true disruptors of the system. I'm talking about a market disruption. And that market right now is dominated by Alabama yeah. and Georgia and Clemson and Ohio State and Texas A&M and USC. I'm talking about five programs that if they utilized all of their resources and decided we are going to get top talent to our program and compete at the highest level in this wild, wild west world of NIL, they could do so. That, that's the five programs we're going to discuss and I think you guys will probably have a couple of suggestions got, uh, one, you might throw out as well. Yes, yes. All, uh, to, to be fair, I don't know all five yet. So I'm, I'm also curious um, if some of the ideas you have were close to being on my list. Okay. Because there were three that were right there from making the cut of the top five. Uh, during the break, we'll <laughs> – look at us. He's picturing a... <laughs> uh, they, they, Oh, that's t- good. I'm getting this pouring in, Paul. Look at this uh, with the balloons of, of Withrow. Uh, we'll tweet this out. Follow us on social media. Oh, God, that's good. Uh, Outkick 360. Hang with us. More coming on the Outkick Network. <laughs> Love, it. Good. Love it. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network rolls on from 6th and Peabody. This song apropos with all the moonshine around here, a little uh, dust on the bottle. But um, you can join us. A um, little rain here in Music City, but hey, we got the indoor uh, bar, got the moonshine tastings, Yeehaw Beer, and so much more. Hope you'll join us the next time you're in Music City. Um, you can join us each and every day across the great Outkick Network, which includes, uh, includes wonderful stations like Sports Radio 104.7 in the Upper Cumberland, Somo Sports Radio, hello to Joplin, Missouri, and Fox Sports Shoals, uh, all of those uh, part of the original flagship stations 
for OutKick 360. Chad's got an excellent column I can't wait to read in full at OutKick.com involving name, image, likeness, and who can uh, really give give a a, a different look on NIL for a minute if, if these programs would embrace it. Because right now, it's the passionate, diehard, championship-at-all-cost championship mentality. And there are some programs that come to mind that have not embraced, just, not just NIL, but uh, fully going for it mentality in the past. Not at the fault of the coaching staff or the players, or the athletic department in some cases. But I think that's exactly where you're going, Chad, with your number one option, which we already know based on our conversation last week with Clark Lee. Let me begin with a quote, as okay. I do in the column. This quote is from the great, uh, the czar of college football, as Jimbo Fisher mockingly referred to him, <laughs> Nick Saban. One of the things I'd like to see is us to be able to work back to that everything in college football always has parity. Same scholarship, same academic support, health care, whatever it is, I don't think we have that balance right now, which could affect the parity of college athletics as a whole. This is a myth. Parity in college football does not exist unless you are the elite of the elite or you are the worst of the worst. There's parity in that. There are programs that you can compare that are very similar, but overall there's no parity top to bottom in college football. What's important in college football is the illusion of parity. That's what Nick Saban's really talking about. The rules set up in a way that there's an illusion of parity where everyone's got a fighting chance every year to win a national title. You have that in pro sports. In a, in the NFL is a good example. You actually have that. You don't have that in college football. So what I did was, you know, an example. Um, Iowa State, if there was parity, should be able to compete with Alabama for recruits year in and year out. Right. Washington State yeah. should be able to compete with Texas or Georgia for recruits year in and year out. They can't. They can't in the current structure of college football. But what if five different programs decided we are going to use our resources to acquire talent in an NIL era? This is under the assumption that you are essentially paying for recruits to come to your school, okay? Mm -hmm. And people are going to say, well, that's always against the rules, still against the rules. NCAA is not going to do anything about it because you can set it up in a way that is foolproof. If you sign someone in a state where NIL is legal to an NIL deal without specifying in a contract they have to go to one place, but if there's an understanding that's where they're going to go, you're going to get away with it right now. You can do that in in NIL, the way things are set up. So five schools that I listed that could be quick risers in the world of NIL in college football. Number one is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has the wealthiest – by, by percentage, per capita, wealthiest alums in the SEC. They're located in Nashville. They have got a lot of untapped potential. I like what they're doing with NBC Sports, but that's more education and more of a tool to help the athletes at Vanderbilt specifically maximize NIL. What they need is the money, and money's never been a problem at Vanderbilt. The problem is the spending of the money. So if there's alums out there that actually care about football competing mm-hmm. and they stepped up, John Ingram's a great example. John Ingram own, owns the, the MLS team, Nashville SC, here in town. He's given a lot to the university. What if John Ingram started giving a lot to NIL and having different Vanderbilt athletes that are coming in you know, sponsor his, his products, sponsor his businesses? 
So I think Vanderbilt's the top of my list of someone who could rise in a hurry. Your thoughts? Love it. And um, this is a no-brainer based on the conference and the money available. Um, I also, I, here's the thing. Here's why it's number one. Everyone around the program would say the same thing. And they would also acknowledge it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's a nice dream. But, but, but that's what this is. Um, but I, I don't even know the other four. This is the least likely. And I don't even need to know the other well, four. Well, least likely I, anybody I also, in the country. Yeah, and I'll also say this. There are other names on this list that I think could become a national power if utilized the right way, if they just went full bore into NIL. In two or three years, they could compete at the highest level. I don't think Vanderbilt's ever going to do that in football, honestly. But I think if they put a lot into it, they could quickly get to the middle of the pack of the SEC. And guess what? If you're right in the middle of the SEC, you're a top 25 team. You're right on the edge of the top 25 nationally. Wouldn't that be nice if Vanderbilt football was a top 25 national program? It'd be if you're, nice if they were there once every four years. If you're seventh or eighth in the SEC, you're right around the top 25 in the country. I so mean, that's, that's exactly where they would want to be. What, so what price is that worth? Is that worth embracing NIL? Or is it, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, is it worth for Vanderbilt's sake to be in a top 25 football program? I think it would be worth probably 2 to $3 million of recruiting class to spread around to different athletes. I think if you did that for two or three years, you'd be in the top 25. I, I, I would go this far. I, I, I'd meet them halfway because I don't think they'll do it. I know they won't do it. We know they won't do it. Do it for basketball. Yeah, you it can won't do it cost you a lot of money at basketball at all. And if you're a prominent basketball school, for Vanderbilt, that would be fine. And we've all talked about untapped Vanderbilt basketball. There's no reason yeah. that school can't be great, a great college basketball program consistently. Paul, I'm glad you brought up basketball because number two on my list has a rich basketball history, UNLV. You know, UNLV got really good at basketball. They paid guys to go to UNLV, and they dominated under Jerry Tarkanian. UNLV in football, to me, has always been a program that should do more. Now, this is a tough one because they're not moving to the Big 12, right? They're not in a Power 5 conference. They're not moving into one like number three on my list, who I'll get to momentarily. But if you could pair the sizzle of Sin City and all of the different casinos and sports books in town with some of the famous alum, Jimmy Kimmel, Guy Fieri went to UNLV. There are so many. Jimmy Kimmel sponsored a bowl game, right? He's a UNLV alum. If you could pair all of these different entertainment options with, I don't know, the UFC and Dana White in sponsoring college football players to come to UNLV. (laughs) If the powers that be in casinos, sports books, entertainment in Vegas decided to hell with Bama, to hell with Georgia, we're going to get the top players in California and Texas to our west and to our east to come to Vegas and Sin City, and we're going to pay them a ton of cash to support different sports books, to support casinos while they're here, to do all these things. I'm not going to get into the legalities of all this. I'm sure there's some problems with some of that. I don't know, though, if they're 18 and they can legally gamble, uh, you know, what the issues would be. But I think Vegas could be a major player if they decide to put a lot into it. I like it. I like it. Um, no, it's this, not high enough level, though. Like, what's the, what's the payoff hey, for being good at that level? Well, look, the payoff is, you know, you get to be Cincinnati and get to a playoff uh, from, from a conference that's not a top conference. Uh, Boise State, 
You know, could UNLV be Boise State at their height quickly? Sure. Yeah. I think they, should, they, they could be that now if they, if they did things properly. Uh, the only, I think the, second, the only thing that can bring more regulation to this, which is what Saban wants, other than Saban speaking out on it, and Greg Sankey going to Capitol Hill, is for Vegas to get involved yeah, in sports books. Then, it, then you're actually going to have natu- national legislation. Then they really will. What was uh, Jerry Tarkanian had the line that the NCAA was so mad at, uh, at Kentucky that they gave Cleveland State the death penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this is where the NCAA would be very heavy-handed with UNLV <laughs> and all this, right? It's like, well, you know, we'll let some A&M, Miami, even Tennessee, some others that may have done some stuff, we'll let them skirt. But UNLV, you're going to hell for this right now. The NCAA <laughs> hell, and you're never coming back. Um, third on my list uh, is BYU. And uh, honestly, after writing my piece, and I said at the end of, of my description of BYU, I could have had them number one on the list. There was a story in 2020, a whistleblower, that has uncovered and knew about an account, a financial account, spread across two or three different accounts for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that's over $100 billion. Whoa. Mormons make up 1.2% of Americans. They have a $100 billion account. They own JetBlue Airways, Marriott properties, owned by the Mormon church. They own big businesses everywhere. They fund BYU. If you don't think that BYU, who, by the way, on this list, has won the most recent national championship in 1984. They've won a national title before. They're headed to the Big 12 next year. 2023, they could play with the big boys if they really wanted to. From an NIL space, from the companies represented in that portfolio of Mormon-owned businesses, they could do it quickly. Now, people might come back and say, well, Chad, how are you going to recruit a national power if you're recruiting from 1.2% of the population? Not every football player at Notre Dame is Catholic. Not every athlete at BYU is Mormon. In fact, I went to their website. At the top, it says... Any faith or no faith is welcome to be admitted to BYU and to apply to BYU. So you do not have to be Mormon to go to BYU. A lot of Mormons go to BYU for obvious reasons, but that does not have to be the case. Again, this is not me endorsing uh, any one church or anything like that or the, the Mormon way, none of that. I'm simply looking at it through the lens of NIL, money, and who could be a power in football quickly. And I think I've got, and I, I've, got, I've got I think I've got BYU too low on the list. Do honestly. they care that much? Yes, they have their <clears> own TV network. BYU does, and they're they're passionate about their football team. Yes, pa- passionate. That stadium is awesome. Yeah, they care a lot more than let's say UNLV. UNLV would be simply a play to make people care. Maybe this is what don't already. This is what Tennessee embraced Virginia <laughs> because they, they yeah. can see BYU uh, joining the NIL. By the way, Virginia was right off my top five of, of teams that could do something. They're in the yeah, top. Virginia could definitely. They're in the top ten of richest alums in the nation. Um, number four on my list, Paul. Love, you you agreed with this one. one. Yeah. College football in the state of New York does not have a true state school. Does not have that state power. You know, you go to Arkansas, and it's the Razorbacks, right? You go to most states with not large populations. You can point to one school. In Alabama, it's Alabama, right? They have Auburn. They've got a big farm, but it's Alabama in that state. 
you know, in Georgia, it's Georgia. They're Even the top in dog. In Jersey, it's Rutgers yeah. I mean, compared to New York. In Iowa, it's Iowa and not Iowa State. In Nebraska, it's Nebraska. In Tennessee, it's Tennessee. I mean, I can go down the list and we can immediately come back with this is the top dog in that state, no doubt about it, biggest percentage. In a state with over 19 million residents like New York, fourth biggest state population wise in the country, I'm not saying you could get a consensus on anything in any one college team, but you could get a lot more fans and support if Syracuse was suddenly a player with Southern powers like yes. Alabama, especially if it's against the South, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. What if Syracuse, with all their prominent alum, all the money in New York City and the state of New York and all the businesses associated with Syracuse, if they got involved in the NIL game, it could be big for that football program. This is a program that's won national championships back in the, the late 50s was their last one. Ernie Davis Some of the was the running back. Ever have been through there. Jim Brown, you know, is, is a Syracuse alum. Uh, went through some of their notable broadcasting alums. Bob Costas, Sean McDonough, Mike Tirico, Ian Eagle, Nick Wright, big game Beth Mowens. Go right down the list, and you've got this <laughs> list of, of, of announcers. Um, yeah, I even joked that if you thought the Northwestern uprising in 2017 from sports media, whether everyone that went to Northwestern was annoying, just wait until Syracuse is a football power, and you're going to hear from all these people. So Syracuse is fourth on my list. I think that's a great one. Uh, I think anybody that emerged in the in the Northeast, but yet j- just New York State, would be a big deal. Boston College, right, uh, got great, and that would be that another region. candidate for this list for me. Um, and, and you know, is a program that comes to mind. Anybody in the Northeast would take over more than New York State. It would take over the Northeast. I mean, there's not you know, there, it's never going to pass pro sports in that region, but it, just because of the population. Bases in those huge markets. If you just got a small percentage of it, that's a huge boost yeah. to your program. And Penn State, you know, uh, I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, Penn State they became the, the Northeast. Northeast. Yeah, they became the Northeast program. Um, so Syracuse, I think Syracuse being in the ACC hurts them a bit because there's not a ton of natural rivalries. So no. you know, there's Boston College, there's some others, but it's you know, Penn State's in the Big Ten. That's a that's a lot sexier than being in the ACC right now in terms of teams you're going to be playing. Uh, fifth on my list, I don't have to spend a ton of time on this. I think you guys know this makes perfect sense. I mean, Stanford is smack dab in the middle of Silicon Valley. I, I mentioned the word disruptor. That is a region of disruptors. 78% of their alumni are quote-unquote self-starters. They came from nothing, and they started something big. Yeah, or they're working for Google. There is a, yes, there is an entrepreneur. But even then, you know, they, it's not like they inherited a ton of money. They're right. going to Stanford because they have an idea. There's an entrepreneurial spirit about that region of the country and that school specifically that would lend itself well to creativity in the NIL space and could make Stanford football, who's been very successful. The Andrew Luck Book Club can endorse the quarterbacks of the future. But, you know, Stanford could be USC. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, USC, I look at it, and they've got a lot of rich, prominent alums, too. USC is going to be a major player very quickly, probably starting this year. Um, But I look at Stanford and think, you could be every bit as good as USC in that state if you had the money from Stanford giving a small percentage of their net worth to football and putting the resources into acquiring talent could be big. I think right along with Vanderbilt and Stanford, you could put Northwestern. Which they were right Chicago. off my top five, too. Cold weather's worse, but fan base, uh, alumni base is good. Chicago, good. 
and same kind of same kind of academic profile. When when we come back, can I, I'm going to give it because Stanford is one. I knew Vandy, and I completely agree there. The other three, I would I didn't think of immediately. All makes sense for being in the top five. I have an outside the box candidate that I think would be not just great for NIL uh, if they embraced it because they haven't publicly, um, but can play the villain easily. And it would be great for college football. That's next on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll kick 360, rolls on from 6th and Peabody. I love the premise of where Chad's mind is at with NIL. Upset the apple cart. Disrupt. Disrupt. Well, let's upset these coaches because there is one program that is in position to do it that they'll, they'll never face on a consistent basis that can claim, could claim, through NIL to be the national championship team, and it's Jackson State. <laughs> they were named by Nick Saban. Yeah. If Deion Sanders, instead of defending the same way Jimbo Fisher did, but we, don't, we didn't pay players, what if Deion Sanders said, you know what, we did, and we're going to continue to do it because it's completely legal, come one, come all. And then... They go un- undefeated. They clearly have the marquee guys. And before you mock it, he's already got a five-star headed there. He's got the number is, one player in the which country. Which is more than Syracuse can say. or you know, Let's just go down this list. Vandy. Dion's got that. And what if he ponied up and had the support? Because They'd he, have has, get, he has the connections to tap into this. They would have to get added to FBS. You know. No, no, no. They, they wouldn't have to do that. Because he could play the villain as saying, it would be no Nobody different than IMG us. Academy. IMG Academy, who recruits the crap out of high school. I'm and, just and, saying and for people to truly could, care. But naturally, they could proclaim to be the number one team in the country and be on national TV, which Dion already has a contract with ESPN already, and dominate because of the, the – players that they have but I, I'm, I'm but they get all those players and they're playing people with nobody comparable what fun is that going to be I, I get what you're saying yeah I just but they're going to steamroll but, everybody and who's going to care but uh, uh Nick Saban is already caring because they get one five-star to Jackson State they didn't name Tennessee or Ole Miss he named Deion Sanders in Jackson State yeah I mean, so it, I mean, me, it upsets those other to teams, me if you're looking for a ripple what effect doing with name image winning. likeness Let's go to Jackson State and just point to that. Like, Jimbo's defensive. If I'm Dion, I'm saying, bring it. Like, let's do more of this. I mean, look, they're, they're going, they should at least, dominate their division. I mean, right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, with what they're doing with, with Dion saying, I'd say the same about Eddie George at TSU. They should get a lot better I'm not, uh, with him as their coach. I'm not looking at this from a competition standpoint. I mean, uh, have we I just seen the college football playoff in the semifinals? It's not very competitive traditionally. My, my point is the top teams always win anyway, and typically in blowout fashion in those games. If Dion say, well, we can't make the college football playoff, but uh, they better be glad we didn't. Well, I think that the, the argument would be that they will get added. I mean, there are teams added to the Sun Belt 
or these other you know levels that well, move up all the time from FCS to FBS. So if they could you know make a claim that they have what it takes infrastructure wise to move up, they probably would. But I, I don't know if I don't know why that's advantageous for them. I just don't think because that, they've already got the the, the national exposure. Yeah. They don't need to go to Conference USA. I don't think you know. The way Nick Sa- Nick Saban was only angry because the the point he was illustrating was this is a kid who should have been a great player for uh, you know a top level team that decided to go there all for money was his argument and about about uh, about what Jackson State did with this kid. Point being, Nick Saban doesn't really care about Jackson State because he doesn't have to compete with Jackson State. Yeah, that's my point. Like, imagine but if, again for but recruits- for them to compete on the field at any point, they've got to move up. For recruits, he will have to compete. But he's not going to care if they go to Jackson State as opposed to his rival. He cares when Jimbo Fisher takes the guy. What he's saying about for that kid is that kid would not have gone to Jackson State if not for money. He would have, let's face it, been bought by one of the SEC schools instead. So uh, Nico just got paid from Tennessee. Nick Saban didn't name Tennessee or the quarterback from California uh, because he plays Tennessee every year. Like he, I, I found it very intriguing that that. Yeah, but again, Jackson I don't, I don't State think he's saying mentioned. it because he hates Dion and Jackson State or he's intimidated by them. I think he's saying like this is another example of this kid could have gone to Florida State. I think he'd even well, mention, and instead he goes to Jackson State because of money. Point being, you want to you want to talk about it upsetting the the coaching across the the landscape of what this is if you had the. Deion Sanders embrace this and play the villain role and say, deal with it. They want to play for me and they want to play within this program because we're going to get them ready for the next level and they're going to make a ton of money while they're here. By the way, I was interested. I brought this up briefly last week, but I was, I think, talking to Brent Hobbs. I was surprised Tennessee was not mentioned in his list. He probably just didn't get to them, but I was half expecting him to say something about a $2 million quarterback, you know, in the league also, but did not go there. But he just that shows you how much he hates Jimbo Fisher and doesn't care about Josh Heupel and doesn't know him. It's personal with Jimbo. Uh, after tonight, after tonight's beatdown for the championship of the Red Sox softball team, Chad will be accused of paying players. That's my <laughs> prediction. Outkick 360. NIL can tomorrow. benefit all leagues. Don't block a box. Be sure to lock your locks.